are now listening to Shy Sox Weekly, hosted by Tony Marchese and John Suarez. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Shy Sox Weekly, episode 38, brought to you by OnTap Sportsnet. I am John Suarez, joined with you today by my co-host, Tony Marchese, Johnny Nani, and we got one of our bloggers from Shy Sox Weekly on board as well. So, uh, Patrick Kaminsky, how are we all doing today, guys? Hey, what's up? Doing well. Bad? Not too bad, boys. Awesome. Enjoying this uh, White Sox uh, lead right now that we have over the uh, Houston Astros. I'm sure uh, we can all uh, crack them to that. Yeah, yeah so, it's a rarity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As we're recording this, the Sox have uh, they've been on kind of a bit of a losing skid, but they are currently ahead of the Houston Astros, eight to three, heading into the I don't know. They're heading into the late innings of the game. Looking like they're going to lock it down. If that changes during the duration of this call, obviously you will know by the tone of our voice. But hopefully. A Sox winner tonight, boys. So uh, moving on, we did not talk last week. Uh, We had a lot going on. Obviously, we had our tailgate, which was a major success. So we're probably going to talk about that first. And then, like I had said earlier, uh, we got Patrick Comiskey, a on-tap Sportsnet, Shy Sox Weekly guy. So uh, how about we let Patrick kind of introduce himself a little bit and give us a little bit of background of, uh, you know, what you do for us and uh, who Patrick Comiskey is. Yeah, so uh, we're excited to join you guys for the first time. Judging by, you know, just the last name, I was kind of born into being a White Sox fan there. Uh, Didn't really have much of a choice if I didn't want my family to disown me. Uh, uh, It's been rough these last couple of years, but, you know, we stay true and true to the White Sox. Um, Obviously, I've been blogging with you guys on Shy Sox Weekly for, uh, I'd probably say about, what, six months or so now might recognize my voice. We do uh, the Four Feathers podcast as well. And I also blog for the Bears, so uh, we try to cover Chicago really well over here. Welcome to uh, your first Shy Sox Weekly, Patrick. And uh, I think you and I and you and Johnny have also uh, done a Sox on tap with each other at least once or twice Absolutely, We're just growing that chemistry. (laughs) So, so Pat, let's let 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 the listeners know a little bit that last name Comiskey, and you talked about it just a minute ago. You you were you were born into being a Sox fan, Pat. Any relation to to the the Comiskey family uh, that used to own the White Sox? Yeah, we do have the relation, um, at least from what I've been told by my family. Um, I want to say, I always try and remember this, but I always feel like I screw it up somehow. I. I believe that it is my great great grandfather's uh, brother, it's either his brother or his uncle, something something of that nature. But yeah, there is a relation there. We've got White Sox royalty on Shy Sox Weekly right here uh, in the house tonight, it, Mr. Patrick Kamiski. Guys, let's talk a little bit about the tailgate that we had. Um, as John kind of mentioned, it was a great success. I'm pretty sure we had a, one of the best nights that we've had so far as on tap Sportsnet. Guys, what did you all think of the tailgate? Yeah, so I'll go ahead and go first. Um, not only did like literally every single blogger, but like four for on tap Sportsnet make their way out there to um, Guaranteed Rate Field, we had an NBA player stroll by and you know kind of stop by. He didn't have any beers or anything, but he definitely walked through our tailgate for a little bit and kind of shot the shits with everybody. Um, we had a Northwestern football player, 
You know, we had other guys like that are big in the White Sox community. We had White Sox Day. We had Section 108. You know, we even had other guys that are big on just like White Sox Twitter in general. So Shane Reardon thank you from, so uh, much. To, yeah, Shane Reardon from the score stopped by. That's right. No, he did. Yeah, I definitely complimented his beard in a very no homo type way and then like awkwardly walked away because I don't think he was feeling that. But yeah, so that guy stopped by as well. <laughs> but um, yeah, honestly, I had a lot of fun mostly because I actually remember the whole night this time, which well, I'm sure you guys are impressed with. But That's because you didn't do like 17 jello shots. I limited time. myself at two and the second one I had was literally like all water. <laughs> like because they were sitting out in the sun so it was literally like an actual shot of tito's at that point with flavoring so hey guys make that number two on the night for eloy jimenez just going yard right here and i don't there know there we you... go i love see it, it in the background love screen. it i had to close my stream out so we could record so one love for the other eh? so this is this is gonna lead into something and i'll get to it in a minute but uh it, it's on the rundown yeah yeah absolutely so uh just about the tailgate though i mean that was a blast we had a great setup there um we had probably the loudest speakers in the lot uh we had the most flags that's for sure uh it's always nice when you go and step back or like you know you walk up to like the by the gate or by shy Sox bar you look back and our setup's the one that's uh going the hardest so uh it was a lot of fun like john said uh pretty much everybody came out from on sports Night, so it was good to meet some of those guys because a lot of them before were just contact uh via internet via twitter uh email slack whatever it may be so it was good to get everybody out there and rep the on tap shirts. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I just had a great time, and the White Sox got to win that night. So we didn't need to do those more often. How about we go around in a circle and we say what, like, our favorite moment of the Shy Sox weekly tailgate was. And since, Pat, you haven't really talked about it yet, we haven't really given the opportunity. How about you take the floor and let us know what your favorite moment of the Shy Sox weekly uh, tailgate was? Yeah, so I can't say that I have a favorite moment because it was so much fun and it seemed like it just stretched across so much time but one moment i do remember from the fuzziness of the night was that you know it got it got a little crazy out there you know i probably put a couple too many uh pbrs down out in the parking lot and maybe a few too many of tony's wife's jello shots which were phenomenal as always um but i get inside uh first first beer of the night inside but do the old two for 20 Budweiser's with my buddy inside. I take one sip of that almost $10 beer and I drop it straight on the concourse. <laughs> Still all over. So uh, that's just kind of the night. Nice oh, beautiful yeah. work. Beautiful work there from, uh, from Mr. Comiskey. Okay. So I'm actually going to break this down into three parts. So bear with me here. Um, my first part is going to be the obvious favorite was I met Bennett Skoranek from Northwestern, who was Northwestern's leading receiver last year. And my dude was just a huge fan of us. Like he literally was like, yeah, I'm gonna start listening to the show. So if you're listening right now, Bennett, shout out you. But my man just like followed us on Twitter, the whole nine yards, um, basically told me like, if I'm ever in Evanston, hit him up. So that's always cool to kind of like make a connection with someone that like prior you look up to, um, but like I had said earlier, we had an NBA player stop by the uh, tailgate. As many people know, Frank Kaminsky used to play for um, the Wisconsin Badgers back when they had that Final Four team a couple years back. Uh, he was their lead center. He's from Illinois. He's a huge. Uh, I think he's like a. I think he's from like Lombard. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know to, exactly. He went to Bennett, so I think Bennett it's Academy. Like the, yeah, 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 so like, yeah around that area. around that area. Yeah, the Lyle area, exactly. Yeah, so. 
He, uh, yeah, wrong L. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we met him. Tony and I actually have a pretty funny picture with him because I had to, like, tell Tony. I go, yo, Tony, this dude fucking plays in the NBA, and he's just standing at our tailgate right now. He's like, really? And I was like, yeah, dude, let's go take a picture with this guy. We have to. And, um, yeah, and then I actually had an instance in the bleachers at my original seats where this one dude got real tough and basically, like, told me to – to calm down because I was trying to get the, the whole section to chant go cats like let's go cats because it was Northwestern night I was just being that asshole and he's wearing a Northwestern shirt this dude tells me to sit down and I go dude no you got to cheer with me you're a cats guy he goes no I'm not and I was like kind of like 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 struck and weird by it I was like well then what the fuck you wearing a Northwestern shirt for this dude has the uh, Johnny you would hate this guy has the audacity to tell me he's a, a Illini fan and that he's just here because his buddies are Northwestern fans and then I look over to his buddies and I'm like, well, then you guys, like, let's go cats. And then it just turns into this whole, like, alpha male situation where, like, all these guys wanted to fight me. They're like, did you even go to Northwestern? I literally hate that shit when people are like, did you even go to Northwestern? You're a Northwestern fan? Other than that, I had an awesome night. I walked over to the 108 in, like, section – or I walked over to the 108 in, like, inning, like, four. And literally anybody that you can imagine being at a White Sox game was there. Like, I look over, I see Tone. I see Johnny, I see Dave, I see the 108 guys, you know, I see half the people that were at the tailgate, so I decided it was more home-like over there, and I ended up spending the majority of the rest of the game over there. I actually had to leave a little bit early. Uh, it was a bit of a ride situation. I had brought a couple of my buddies that had to go to work early the next morning, and my, I brought my mom, too, which was a lot of fun. She had a blast, and she was kind of tapped out, so ended up listening to the rest of that White Sox winner um, on the radio while watching the live stream on my phone, so... Still a W in my mind. It was a great fucking night, and I cannot wait until we have another Shy Sex Weekly tailgate. Johnny, take it away. Yeah, so that kind of leads into mine. You know, you said I, I, I'm not for any of those people that'll, like, you know, wear the theme just because they're trying to fit in with it. It's like wearing a Cubs uh, shirt. If he's in a line, it's like, yeah, that, I mean, honestly, that's the same, same exact concept. So if he's, like, an Illini fan, it's like you're at the White Sox game. You can just wear a White Sox, you know. That something like that and that's fine um but you know i was wore mine on my sleeve i got the Illini night jersey when it was happened and you know you you, you respected that you we put yeah, the no flag shame. I'd, 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 I'd much rather respect that than some dude false like false flagging i guess you could say yeah 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 absolutely so that and then the reaction that dave had that was kind of a funny moment at the tailgate he saw the back of my jersey where it said Illini 19 in orange and blue on it and he's like wait what because at the front is just a white Sox logo so you can't yeah. like tell so i turn around so uh, that was pretty funny. And then all just the, uh, like you had said, uh, everybody congregating in the 108. That was a lot of fun. Uh, it was nice of them to, you know, not kick us out or say you guys are being too annoying. <laughs> and uh, or if they were to like leave early on that. So uh, nice of them. Nice hospitality over there in the 108, as always. And uh, it was good just chatting it up with all the uh, on tap guys over there. So absolutely. I, I love I love going over there and catching a ball game with those guys. I've got a few different favorite moments. One of them that really sticks out is when we pulled into the parking lot and we wanted to go back on the grass and we couldn't. Um, everybody just kind of, you know, followed Johnny over to the front of Lot B because we were one, we were one of the first groups into the parking lot. And Jake Trojan pulls his car over onto the grassy knoll and John's mom was already out of the car and she starts yelling at the security guard who's telling us that we got to move. And then eventually we get to the back, like we're already out of the car starting to set up. And I think it was your brother and your mom, like walk over and are like, okay, we can move our cars to the back. And you, John, John, you just looked like, please mom, stop. 
And I was like, I looked at your mom and I go, uh, they told us that we got to park up here. We're already unpacked or whatever. And she goes, yeah, well, you are a boy and I am a woman and I have certain things that make men just do things for me so we can go move to the back. And I was like, <laughs> that was my first time meeting ever meeting John mom. Does mom. I didn't even introduce you guys. Yeah, like, she didn't I even know like who I was. Part. Like, I'm sure she knows who I was, but she, that's like, that yeah, was how I met me. your mom was her being like, you know, I can flaunt myself and get us where we need to be. And of course, we were already setting up. So the next, the next part is is, is uh is. Buzz, Hold on, we're gonna have to crack him for John's mom right there. Crack him for John's <laughs> mom. There it is. The next, the next thing that that was hilarious to me is there was already like a couple, like an older couple, who had set up, you know, their little tailgate, and they were grilling. And here rolls in the Shy Sox Weekly crew with like five cars deep, like thirty deep. Yeah, and and we all just start getting out. And Brad Buzz Squires had lent us the, the, the well, it's now the ONTAP PA system. And we start getting out this PA system and setting it up literally right in front of this old couple. And the look that they shot each other when, when Johnny attached the first speaker was like, oh, shit. We and then the, the second out speaker comes out and Johnny starts pumping some techno music and they looked so out of place. <laughs> These poor people had no idea what was about to happen when, you know, 50, 60 other people just ended up showing up and we were we were blasting music. We had the flags flying high. That was great. The next greatest moment, this came in game, was when we realized that the the students from Toronto were seated next to us oh in the 108. And I can't remember who it was. Got oh, them to chant. USA. Patrick Comiskey was leading the chance. I'm pretty sure it was was Pat Comiskey getting the the students from Toronto to chant USA. So those we are saying, the, oh, Canada, would, no. we, yeah. yeah. It was a good night. It was a good night, and that's one of the reasons why you should come out to a Shy Sox Weekly on tap tailgate is because you wind up in the 108 at the end of the day, and it's you know from the time you get there till the time you leave, uh, just a great time overall. Yeah, and that, that that was nice uh, that that teacher came down. The guy who was in charge of all of those uh, students from Toronto came down after uh, they had left. I think they took off in, like, the eighth inning. But that he came down and said, like, oh, you guys are great with our kids. Like, it was great going back and forth because they were starting, like, Blue Jays chants, uh, you know, and we were echoing with our White Sox ones. And it, that, was, that was a lot of fun. That was another great moment, too. A lot of them. So I'm glad we all aired them out. Yeah, that was, that was it was just such a good night, and it's always a good time to get to the ballpark with any of you guys. Uh, we've had a few of these so far this year. Many more to come. Um, but yeah, we'll probably I mean, start planning the next one for like, if not June, like July at some point. I mean, we haven't really spoken about it. Um, we do want to try and give everybody as much notice as possible. Like we gave everybody at least like three, four weeks notice for this tailgate. And had a phenomenal turnout. It was awesome. So oh, we even had a guy fly yeah. out from from California to come drop by. Oh my god! Yeah, we haven't. Oh my gosh, we haven't even brought that up. So we actually had a fan literally fly out from California specifically for like. I mean, he wanted to go to Northwestern. He's a Northwestern alumnus, but huge fan of the show. Jonathan Plesher literally was like the the biggest stand up guy. Super nice to my mom. So I automatically respect him for that. Like. Literally was, I don't know, made my night. I literally, I remember walking up to you and Johnny and being like, dude, this guy 
flew out from California to come hang out with us. Like, yeah, yeah that, was, that, was, that, was that was great. We took a, we took a picture with them and everything. Um, and like I've seen them, like, you know, I've interacted with them a little bit, uh, just talking to White Sox on Twitter and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it was great that he, you know, showed up and was out there. He was in his cat's gear, you know, all ready for Northwestern night, uh, talking with White Sox Dave as well about that. Um, and then also a guy who's fairly new to White Sox Twitter, uh, my shy socks, uh, Brian, if you're listening, thank you for coming out and introducing yourself. Uh, that, so that was honestly, really cool. I don't remember meeting him, but he said that he met me and I just might've been a little drunk, but like, I apologize. No, there, I mean, there, there's, there's a bunch of people and he kind of did a quick, uh, like pass through. through. Yeah. Cause I remember him yeah, he, tweeting at us saying that he was like on his way and that was like 20 minutes the first pitch. I was like, Oh shit. Hope you make it, man. <laughs> So yeah, I've so got yeah, I've yeah. got I've got one more in there for favorite moments now that we bring it up and and this one uh, a big shout out to White Sox Dave for coming out but um, when the 108 guys showed up and my Sox summer was there and if you guys haven't seen this on Twitter I told you about this Johnny when we were at the game on Sunday um, or Saturday uh, Dave took a photo of my Sox summer in his shorts standing there smoking a cigarette. And said roast and this said roast yeah roast him, and the best comment that was on there was it's it's a quote out of a movie that I know is near and dear to Johnny's heart and maybe it is to you guys as well was somebody had put uh, or the the thing I like most about the Shy Sox Weekly Boys is as I get older they all stay the same stay age. the same age <laughs> he's confused baby that oh was great yes. high, high school girls. <laughs> So, oh yeah, yeah. I'm a I big found that hilarious. Guy. That's funny. Oh yeah. But let's let's move it on to a little bit of news. What do we what do we got in the news here, Johnny? You're our newsman. Yes, yeah, so the most recent news is just uh, the White Sox reliever recycling program continues. Jose Ruiz option to AAA Charlotte after Tuesday's game, and Thiago Vieira recalled once again. So um, I had mentioned a little bit on Sox on Tap with Andrew Kinsler last night, but we're just gonna keep seeing this. Uh, I, I I like. I'd mentioned we're not going to see cease until like that same Copac time frame. So uh, th- that's the only news that we've got. We we can just move right on from there. I mean, we've already seen all these guys. We kind of know what they have. The Igo can throw fast, but he can't locate. So that's going to be the same story again and again. Yeah, I I really love the uh, the White Sox reliever recycling program, Johnny. I'm a huge fan of it. It's always good to recycle. Um, so you know you got to you got to keep that in there. Now. Um, other than that, I don't think we have any other news. And I kind of alluded to this as we watched Eli Jimenez hit his second home run of the night in this ball game. Um, and then I quickly looked over at my at my fantasy lineup for the night, where Eloy Jimenez is, you know, placed on my bench. Crisply sitting on your bench, like always. Um, you know, and I had him in there, and I replaced him with with Josh Bell in the utility spot because Bell has just had an amazing year, and Eloy's just you know, not done so well. And the only other game that Eloy hit two home runs in was the only other time that I had Eloy riding the pine. Keep him on your bench, man. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if Eloy needs to permanently be on my bench, but there just seems to be this thing. And, and right before we started recording and I'll let somebody else tell the story. Oh yeah. That's a great there story. just seems to be something about me having a bad feeling about a guy. So, I don't care who takes it, but somebody needs gonna, to somebody needs to no, air I'm this gonna, story I'm out. I'm gonna take it. I'm well, gonna take it. Well, Johnny, so, you weren't on the call yet, so I think you're one of these no. guys. Well, you, he can take the Tilson moment, but I'm gonna take like the yeah. background of like yeah, what you can you can start about. the background, Jonda. Yeah. So dating back to maybe like the first ever episode of Shy Sox Weekly, my guy Tone over here 
just lives for talking like ultimate trash about a player on the White Sox and then them just turning right back around and shutting him right up. So, I mean, we started a little bit of a list going here on just, like, guys that Tony has, like, talked a lot of shit about at some point, and then they just turn right around, like, James McCann being one of them. Tony was not a fan of James McCann. You know, while he was producing, James McCann wasn't good with runners in scoring position. James McCann's, like, a 350 hitter right now, and he probably has the best, close to the best average on the Sox with runners in scoring position since that comment was, or since that article was put out. Giolito is probably like the front runner of all of Tony's shit talk. And he's pitching the best on the Sox, quite debatably, like a top five pitcher in the AL right now. Um, last time Yonder Alonso hit a home run, literally like 20 minutes before, I think you were texting me, Tony. I think that's what happened. Tony was texting me about how Yonder Alonso needs to get DFA'd immediately and how he'll never help the Sox actually do better or, like, win a game. I don't remember what the fuck. I could go back and try and find the text. But literally, like, 20 minutes after he sends me that text, Yonder Alonso hits a fucking bomb. And then tonight, I was – unfortunately, I had Chipotle for dinner, and it was not too friendly to me, so I was a little late to the party. But I'm going to let uh, I'm gonna let Nani take this part away about Charlie Tilson. All right, so to set the scene, we are on the call just organizing the show, our topic sheet here with Patrick Comiskey. It was me, Tony, and Patrick on the call to start. And we had nobody out, and uh, was it bases loaded then? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, nobody yeah, out with bases loaded. loaded with Eloy. So then, and then Eloy, Timmy, yeah, Timmy, and then, yeah. yeah. So Eloy gets out, and then Timmy strikes out, and he was chasing a pitch too. And Tilson comes up, and Tony just says so sarcastically, oh, my gosh, I have so much faith in Charlie Tilson to get the job done here. He's been playing like crap all night. He's bobbled a couple of balls in the outfield. He hasn't done anything at the plate yet. And then, Patrick, that's, this is where you come in. What did you say? Yeah, I looked at him. I go, hey, Tone, you know damn well that he's going to hit a grand slam here just to prove you wrong. Just to prove you wrong. And then we're, what do we at, Nani? Like two pitches later. Yep. As, two I'm, pitches as later. I'm talking about how they need to set, as I start going into a rant about Cordell and how Palka needs Palka, to replace yeah. one of the one of the two of them. I already and, know. I wasn't then, even here, and I already know. And then, uh, yeah, it, and then that happens. And here's the funny thing about all this is I need to actually like it, it can't just be like, oh yeah, Dylan Covey's gonna suck tonight. Like you know what I mean? It can't be. It can't be forced. These are things that I truly believe in my like heart of hearts are going to happen. Like I truly believed that Charlie Tilson was going to strike out and we were going to leave the bases loaded. I truly believed that Lucas Giolito was going to be terrible this year. I truly believed that James McCann would have fallen off by now. Like these have to be things that like I put time and effort into either writing a blog about like the James McCann blog or you know, just absolutely, truly believe like the Yonder Alonzo thing. I was like, this guy's worthless. And we'll get into the Yonder thing a little bit more in depth because I did write another uh, a blog about about Yonder. But it has to be something that I truly believe and that has to come at like the worst times for me, like mid sentence about how bad somebody is. That's when they excel. I don't know if this is going to continue, but I'm pretty sure, guys, my track record has been pretty phenomenal when it comes to players that I've decided to uh, be vocal about. 
at least like an eighty percent success rate. Like, yeah, yeah. I would say it, it is. It's phenomenal. Like, we we need to start like just getting you on mic like all the time, and like you need to be airing your thoughts out to us in voice messages so we can have these clips. So like That's other people are in like our chats and stuff. Uh, they can like see this all come to fruition. I wish like you know it was before the call, so we weren't recording yet. But that I swear to God on my heart, it did happen. Uh, that thing about Tilson the night, and then like you had mentioned, all those other guys. Uh, there's, there's been something for each of them that has uh, made it. So we need a name for this. What are we going to call it? The Tony Reverse Bump. I called it the Crazy Marchese effect or some shit. Ooh, I like before. that a lot better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot what we, we actually it had was, a name for this. Last it was year. the Crazy Marchese effect. I'm, 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 I'm yeah. almost positive we almost tried to start oh, a segment yeah. with it. We tried to have a whole segment, and then like he he would try and jinx people on purpose, and it wouldn't work. It wouldn't it work. Would, it had to, it had to come from his heart. He had to actually dislike these people. Like he couldn't just be like, oh, um. Yo, Mankata is gonna go suck and not strike out anymore, and then Mankata would like strike out three times in a game. Like that, it wouldn't work like that. It literally has to actually come from the bottom of Tony's heart, and he has to actually mean what he says about these people. Yeah, I have to. I, I actually have to take a vested interest in my opinion on something. Like you can't ask me to do this. Ooh, ooh, ooh! ooh. Little Astros fan getting plunked in the head. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you can't you can't actually force this at all like like these guys have said. So maybe what we need to start doing is I need yeah like you said Johnny I need to be need to have a mic on me at all times, and you know I need to air some, some body of this cam. stuff out a body cam or just you know like a little one of those what do they call those things that you just hook to you with a with a microphone on and I'll just go through my day's audio. A little uh, lapel mic. Yeah, like yeah one of those things when the socks are on. And then we could just grab I have those. One of those. You yeah, can have it if you yeah, want. Grab, grab those feeds of, of me trashing players when I really, really believe that they suck and then watch them do good. So speaking of players that we really, really expect to suck, I'm going to kind of go a little bit off of um, like what we had guideline for this episode. Tony had brought up a very interesting name um, in Dylan Covey, who pitched yesterday against the Astros. And in my opinion, Looked pretty good to start. So this is something that I kind of want to pitch on you guys. I know we're not the biggest fans of Dylan Covey as a starting pitcher. You know, I mean, he's shown us flashes. He had that game against Sale last year. I mean, but overall, he's just like a fucking six ERA pitcher. He's not. He's a six starter. He's not a good. I really, really think if the Sox play their cards right, that Dylan Covey can be a pretty dominant long-term reliever in this league, especially what he showed me in the first, like, four to five innings yesterday against the Astros. And then even in his last start, Kobe started the night that we had our Shy Sox Weekly tailgate. And, you know, he didn't look lights out. But Kobe looks like the type of guy that might be able to stay on the Sox roster moving forward with our competing window. So I kind of want to get your guys' thoughts on that because, you know, I've never been high on Dylan Kobe, especially to the point where I am now. But the guy was a first-round pick at one point, you know, he did kind of fall back. I mean, he ended up going in the Rule 5 draft. It's never a good look if you're a first-round pick. So, obviously, there's something wrong with the guy. But, obviously, he's got some serious shit, too. So, I kind of want to hear your guys' take on what you think uh, Kobe's role can be moving forward with, like, a winning White Sox ball club. I'm going to let Pat take that first. Sure. Um <laughs> Pat's watching the game. <laughs> yeah. uh, I did hear everything you said, though. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'll be really happy if we can, if we one day see this winning White Sox team. Uh, yeah, but with <laughs> Dylan Covey is on said winning White Sox team, which I would think he probably wouldn't be, but um, maybe he could be. Maybe that's like a, uh, all like a what do you want to call that? A long reliever. Maybe he can come in on early inning stuff like that. But 
he, it's just it's too much inconsistency with him. Like one night he'll look great, one night he won't. You seen him last night, like those first three innings, like you said, he looked really good. And he was shutting down one of the best lineups in baseball, and it was impressive. And then as soon as you seen him go the second time second through the time order, around, exactly. That, yeah. That's what that's when they got him. So maybe that is that is kind of what could lead you into believing that he could mm-hmm. be good out of the bullpen. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I do stay with your mindset there. Um, I, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that's really hard to predict because we could be talking, like if we're talking winning White Sox team, this could be a couple years down the road. So it's, who knows what Dylan Covey's going to be then. True that. With the way the central looks right now, moving forward though, I really hope that the White Sox start, I mean, even this year, like, I mean, they're a little bit behind the curve. They got, definitely got some catching up to do. Minnesota has been destroying the league right now, but you know, the Sox aren't too far behind what the other teams in the central you know we're right up there with the indians so far this year we've actually probably beat we're probably owning the head-to-head record with every single team in the central if i had to guess right now i i don't have those numbers pulled up in front of me but i know for a fact that we've won more games than we've lost against the royals i know for a fact that we've won more games than we've lost against the indians the only team i'm concerned about is the tigers because we just keep losing dumbass games with the fucking tigers and obviously we haven't seen the twins yet we see them later this week so that's something that we definitely need to talk about because if the Sox end up you know kind of proving their merit against the twins this week the Sox are still right now sitting only like three games back of the wild card the al is not that strong of a fucking um i was about to call it a conference it's not that strong of a league this year so like our window could be right fucking now. You know, we get the right people in. And I keep keep preaching this. I'm like that asshole optimistic Sox fan. But this offense really shows me something. If they piece the right pieces together, like you said, get a Yonder Alonso out of here and get these guys producing, I really can see the Sox team winning ball games not only this year, but especially next year, like actually competing for not only the wild card, but maybe even the division. So you bring up a name. Let's talk Yonder Alonso right now yeah, let's do it no yeah i'm done johnny you want to lead that in yeah so tony had written a blog about why the white Sox won't be able to move yonder uh dfa him um and he gave a couple of strong reasons in that blog um i, I know there's been a little bit of conversation about it uh both in comments and replies on that article but uh, it's an interesting situation with uh, Yonder. Tony, would you want to just summarize the couple quick reasons why uh, Yonder Alonso won't, like the White Sox, won't be DFAing him? So here's my here's my take on this, and 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 really quickly, uh, number one is that Yonder Alonso has never been this bad in his ten year career. The only time he's posted a batting average uh, below two hundred, well, he's never done that. Uh, I think it was close to it. I think it was 204 was in his rookie year. Uh, and that was in like about 22 games. So I don't foresee Yonder Alonso being an under 200 hitter. I mean, most of the time he's closer to a 240, 250 guy. And I think that's what the White Sox did expect to get out of him. Now, is this a slow start? It obviously is. Can he turn that around? Um, I, you know, the, the track record shows yes. He can turn it around. Now, would Rick Hahn and Ricky Renteria pull the plug on somebody who is a career 250 guy when you've, you're only two months into the year? If he, for some reason, can turn it around and get back to that 250, you're going to see a month stretch where he's hitting the ball all the time. 
Um, and if we can capture that hot stretch of Yonder Alonso, I think that's going to be huge for this White Sox team. I mean, John was just talking about how this team isn't too far away from competing. Um, even in this year, you know, you, you get a hot Yonder Alonso through a good stretch of games against the twins against Cleveland. And you're looking at a dangerous, dangerous middle of the order, especially if Eloy's clicking, you get Timmy clicking Jose. That's a, that's a powerful middle of the order. Now, I know that there's a ton of guys out there that can hit the ball very well. They're down in AAA right now. I mean, Matt Skull is just absolutely killing the ball. I think he had another home run yesterday. Guy just doesn't stop. Would I like to see him in the DH spot? Hell yeah. I'd rather see guys in the DH spot getting these at-bats that uh, that have a chance to be with the White Sox long-term. Now, is pulling the plug on Yonder Alonso right now what I want the Sox to do? Yeah, I don't want to see him here anymore. Like I mentioned in the blog, he is a scar. He is an open wound for White Sox fans because we all know why he was brought here. He was brought here to bring in Manny Machado. He wasn't brought here for baseball reasons like Rick Hahn said, and that's my personal opinion, but every time Yonder Alonso struggles on the field, I know we all groan, and it all just reminds us of the same thing. Why the hell is this guy in a White Sox uniform? So that's, that's my feeling on it, but... As far as the stats go, I think that it's really tough to DFA a guy who has a proven track record after just two months when you have to look at the complete body of work over a season. Reason number two is that the White Sox have a hard enough time signing free agents. We obviously all know that. A, Jerry's cheap. We know that they haven't offered the most amount of money. I mean, Johnny and I, we did a two-hour show the day after Manny Machado didn't sign with the White Sox that went over a litany of reasons as to why the Sox struggle to sign these guys. And it's money talks. It goes back to that. But there's also the whole factor that baseball players are humans. They all talk. They all they all converse about what it's like to be in you know one city versus another. And hell, even as I point out in, in, the, in the article, Manny Machado felt comfortable going to San Diego off of the advice of Yonder Alonso and John Jay because they both played there and they felt comfortable playing there and they liked their time there. These players, their opinions matter. What is it like to work for somewhere? If you're going to work at a company, you go and look at Glassdoor. You go and look at what the, what the reviews are on that company, what it's like to work for that place. This is a job for these guys. They want to feel like they're going to be appreciated on off the field. They're going to be handled the, the right way. And if you DFA Yonder Alonso right now, do you not think that he's not going to go back to a, a ton of other guys and be like, hey, I, I spent two months with the White Sox organization. They brought me in here, you know, and, hey, they didn't sign my brother-in-law, and then all of a sudden they tossed me out after I had a two-month slump. That's not a good look for the organization that already has enough trouble signing free agents. And to me, that that message is kind of important. And I don't think Rick Hahn is going to try and damage the reputation of the White Sox any more than they already have just in terms of the way that this organization is viewed around the league. So for me, I think that that's another reason why Rick Hahn is not going to go and pull the plug on Yonder Alonso. 
Yeah, I mean, that you spelled it out. That's exactly what the point of your blog was. And I, I agree with both those points. Like you said, as a fan, perspective-wise, obviously you don't want to see a guy who's uh, really struggling, like you know, like you said, career worse, uh, 181 on the season average. Uh, that's not what you want to see in your lineup. It, it feels like a wasted out every single time he comes up, an automatic out, if you will. Um, so it, it's tough, but the situation that we're in and like you had said, being signed for not baseball reasons, in my opinion as well, uh, he was here to bring Manny Machado to the South side. So it it does hurt on multiple levels every time you see him struggle. But unfortunately we're stuck with them. I mean, this Uh, to me is the ultimate trying to live out your lie. This is the ultimate trying to live out your lie. This is, you know, going to mom and being like, no, I didn't have homework tonight. And then she's like, all right, let me check your backpack. And she goes to check your backpack and you quickly go grab that folder and rip that, you know, that homework out and you go hide it and stash it somewhere, some big old project. And then the report card is going to come eventually. You know what I mean? It's like you're going to meet you're going to meet the 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 end of, of what of what that, you know, you, you reap what you sow. You're Tony, that get, description just sounded back. like you. You just spoke that from personal. experience. I have spoke that from personal experience. <laughs> I, I have, have to. Been, Guilty as charged, man. You know, it's we, like we've all been there. You know, you're you're just lying to mom and dad, is what you're doing. That's Rick Hahn is is caught in this lie now, and there's no way out. There's absolutely no way out. You know, you no, go I echo you, that. You, you DFA Yonder Alonso. You're gonna go DFA John Jay at the same point in time. I bring this up. Why is John Jay on a one year deal sitting on the sixty day DL? Playing like simulated spring training games right now. Like I'm pretty sure he's yeah. kicking, it with, kicking it with our our last guest. It's on for the show. The, yeah, it's for the same. It's for the same reasons that Yonder Alonso is still going to get these at bats. It's because Rick Hahn said these are for baseball reasons, and they're not for baseball reasons. We all know why they were here. Yeah, I mean, I just want to paint like a little bit of a picture for you guys. Um, you know, like I said, the American League is not too strong this year. We got the Yankees are sitting atop the East at 31 and 17. You know, the Twins are 32 and 16. That's going to be pretty hard to fucking catch at this point. Even at this point in the season, the Twins are already that far ahead of the rest of the Central. And then Houston sitting at 33 and 16. But if you go look at the wild card standings, shit is wide the fuck open, especially with how inconsistent Boston's been this year. You know, that that first spot's probably going to flop between the Yankees and the Rays. If I had to guess, it'll either be the Yankees or the Rays. That second spot is wide open. And who's sitting in that second spot right now? Sorry, a little bit of a burp. Who's sitting in that second spot right now? The Cleveland Indians at 25 and 23. You know, if the Sox win today, they'll be 22 and 26. Head-to-heads against the Twins. You know, we got plenty of interdivision games. I know we got a series against the Tigers coming up. Oh, my God, the burps are just killing me right now. I know we got a series against the Royals coming up. So the Sox have their window. And like you said, a guy like Yonder Alonso is someone that you can't really get rid of. But if you do happen to get rid of him, you might open up your winning window. You know, you give Daniel Palka, like Tony. Tony basically contradicted these blogs. He basically said, like, Yonder Alonso is not going to go anywhere, but Daniel Palka needs to come up ASAP. And with the way, I mean, dude, Charlie Tilson and Ryan Cordell have been producing to a level that Palka was not when he was with the big league club. He may be doing it in AAA. That's a whole different story. So were Tilson and, and Cordell. So if Palka's coming back up, most of his reps, especially with how spotty his defense has been in past, are going to be in that DH spot. 
they're going to be in that right field spot alternating with Tilson and Cordell. And, you know, there's really no room for a guy like Apalka until they figure out what the fuck to do with Yonder Alonso. Like you said, he's never hit worse than 204, but that's extrapolated over a whole entire season. You know, we're only sitting in, like, late May, early June. There's still three months left of baseball to be played. He could easily get up to that 204 and still suck, like, a majority of the season. He can get one more hit every three games. Like, he's going to have to really go on a hot streak for me to actually be a Yonder Alonso fan. So, moving forward... What I would like the White Sox front office to do is what the fans want going forward. You know, Danny Mendick has been killing it in AAA. Batting average not there, but the power stats are there. I'm pretty sure he's leading the International League in doubles, and he's pretty tops towards the Knights in home runs as well. And that's as a second baseman. You know, Yomer's not providing that pop in the second base spot. Yomer, as I has always said, is as good as a fucking bench utility player. So if we start getting other names in here... And you know how Johnny called it the recycle, or uh, what do you call it, Johnny? Reliever recycling program. Reliever recycling program. Give me a fucking middle infielder recycling program. Give me a fucking outfielder. You know, if we're putting all this effort into swapping our relievers just because they're not producing for a certain stretch, do the same shit with your DH. Do the same shit with your outfielders. You know what I'm saying? Like, Tony put out this amazing blog about Daniel Palka, and I kind of mentioned it a little bit on the last Shy Sox Weekly we had. He is lighting it up right now dude they need to call him back up immediately why would you waste all that all those good at bats and all that power in triple a when you got a dude that's literally slugging like 350 right now so i mean i don't know i just made that up entirely i have no idea what yonder alonzo slugging but if i had to guess it's probably somewhere in that range so i would much rather see Three, palco in those 320 yeah. uh you said slugging 350 320, yeah. He, yeah no it's uh that was generous um yeah, that, that is generous. That's sad. Uh, he's, slug, he's slugging 323. That is so bad. Like, to actually say that out loud, how bad does that hurt? Like, to know that someone is batting yeah. in your cleanup spot on your favorite team almost every fucking day, but his slugging percentage is, like, 320. That's fucking abysmal. Yeah, I mean, the very, very least they could do um, if they're going to go the route and, you know, like live out the lie, as Tony had mentioned, very, very, very least they could do is bump him down and get Tim Anderson up in this order. That's that's just uh, if you're talking about just a very like little throw us a small, tiny bone, you know, like the little tiny milk bone that your dog gets like the, you know. A little tiny treat that, that would be like the very like you know minimal thing that they could do for us but apparently that's not happening either so um I, I think we've wasted enough hot air on yonder alonso everybody knows what the situation is there um we've talked about polka there do we want to get into a little bit of the hot topic that our blogger andrew kinsler wrote about in adam eaton todd frazier yeah let's, let's do, do it, it. i'm gonna take i'm gonna take a piss real quick i really gotta piss i'm very bad so while he does that, let's let Pat Comiskey lead this in on uh, on Eaton Frazier. Yeah, so I kind of, so I feel like I kind of take a different stance than pretty much everyone I've seen on Twitter. Like I see everyone uh, going off on Adam Eaton, like no one likes Adam Eaton, all this, all that, and that's fine. Because um, I seen, I thought it was funny what Ozzy Gian said on the air. Uh, I think I want to say that was last night about Adam Eaton. He's like, no one in the White Sox like you. Uh, all this, all that. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So when Ozzy talks, I listen. But you know what? I also want to give uh, 
Todd Frazier his fair share of shit, too, because I listened to the interview he did, and he was talking about... Um, he was talking about, he's like, well, I wasn't going to talk about it, and I feel like Adam's stupid for talking to the media. He was real men settle it on the field. And then he went into about a couple-minute rant to the media about the problem he had with Adam Eaton. Like, Todd, you just con- contradicted yourself. You said that real men don't talk to the media about it, but here you are talking to the media about it. And then in the same breath, Todd Frazier also says... Um, Todd Frazier, fuck, now I can't think of it. Uh, Oh, he was talking about how he goes, well, I'm not going to talk about it and all this, all that. And he goes, Adam Eaton is immature, but I'm going to respond because he started it. Like, that's like the logic of like two, like a seven and a nine-year-old brother fighting with each other. (laughs) Well, he started it. Like, I think both of these guys are just complete idiots. You know, at least Eaton, and at this point, at least Eaton produces a little bit. Todd Frazier sucks. So, I mean, it's just kind of, I feel like the media is really fueling this because there ain't much to talk about with the games there. But I, I, I just, it's a fun story to follow, but I think both of those guys are just whatever. I side with Hawk Harrelson, so I got to go my boy Todd Frazier. Yeah, I, I'm kind of on the Frazier side here. I agree with Patrick. The whole thing is like kind of like ridiculous. But, you know, it is laughable for us. I think we need that as White Sox fans, especially, you know, dropping that last game to Toronto in that series. That was disappointing. And then uh, you know, basically looking lifeless against Houston these first two games. So it was a nice little distraction. I'll say that's probably my favorite part of the whole ordeal. Um, and then, you know, they're kind of not even totally, but kiss and make up thing on the field when they're like, there's a video of them oh, talking yeah. before the game. And I like, I grabbed the gif of it and like put it out there for people as like, make your own caption. What are they saying right now? So, um, I mean, I thought that was just like the whole thing itself was funny, but I mean, I've heard some stuff about Adam Eaton, um, that same comment that Andrew wrote in his blog about the time when, uh, Frazier felt the need to pin Eaton up against the locker in the White Sox clubhouse when they were both here. I did hear that from the same person. So, um, I mean, I think Adam Eaton, and, you know, Ozzy says something like that. Nobody like you in a, you know, in the White Sox uniform in the clubhouse. So, uh, I think I'll kind of side with Todd Frazier if we are going to be picking sides here. But um, it, the whole thing is just kind of laughable to me, and, and it's just funny that that drama is carrying over because they did a segment on MLB Network and they showed first their uh, both of them in White Sox uniforms, and they said, "Oh, is this spilled over from a previous thing?" And they brought up the locker room, uh, you know, the locker being moved, uh, Frazier moving. You know, they used to be right next to each other, and they moved in the White Sox locker room, and yada yada yada. And then it just morphed into them onto the field at uh, you know City Field with uh, the Mets and National jerseys on. So um, I, I'm just glad they're not on the White Sox anymore, and we can laugh at them. Yeah, so I only I literally have like two whole cents that I'm gonna put in here. Um, Todd Frazier never liked him. Literally only liked him when he won the home run derby as a White Sox. Um, Adam Eaton really really liked him in like 2015, 2016, and then when as I got to know more as shit progressed, I really disliked Adam Eaton for like the kind of asshole that he was. And if you look at it broad spectrum, Todd Frazier is just a stand up guy. You know what I'm saying? Like. He may not have been too great with the Sox, but he was always one of those first guys out there. And I'm sure, Johnny, you know this, being a 149 guy, always one of the first guys out there to sign autographs, 
always interacting with the kids, huge family guy. So the, I don't really see how anybody can depict Todd Frazier to be a bad guy in really any sense. There's not really, you know what I'm saying? Apparently I mean, he's, guys- he's really soft though. Like I, I guess this all was coming out on Twitter the other day where like he had blocked most of White Sox Twitter on Twitter. And I don't know why, but I, well, I wasn't, I wasn't, he's a, he's a He's a trash Twitter follow in the first place, but I, you gotta, you gotta, if you're picking sides, you gotta go with Hottie Toddy because Adam Eaton's always been a hothead. You know, he's gotten into shit with other players while he was a member of the White Sox. I don't know if you guys remember the Jordano Ventura exchange, you know, rest in peace, but Adam Eaton has always kind of had like that little flair to him that, you know, he's that little, he's spanky. He's that little sparky fucking spark plug that, you know he's gonna get under your skin. He's gonna fucking he's gonna chirp. He's gonna. So here's a, here's a he's question. Play his game. If yeah, Tim Anderson was not on the White Sox, would we hate Tim Anderson? Honestly, probably because I hate Javi Baez. So like, and that's just all bias. There's really no in between. That's why their opinions. You know, everybody has them. But in my opinion, if I had to sit here and pick sides between the whole Todd Frazier and Adam Eaton debut or debate. I was about to say dispute and debate in the same debut. fucking word. Debut, big debutes. But uh, yeah, I would have to. You gotta go with Todd. <laughs> big debutes. Big debutes, baby. All right. So sounds like on. sounds yeah. like a new thing yeah. for Four Feathers. That's a new Four Feathers yeah, segment. Big debutes. Debut Iowa. We've we've got like two questions. John put this out like last minute, but we can we can answer. There's two of them. Uh, one of them I think is kind of sarcastic, joking. But uh, the first one's actually, I mean, it kind of touches on something that we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, I'll just read it off, and we can sound off on it if we want. Uh, so I need a compelling case that pr- proves to me why Yonder and Beef get these four spot abs instead of Eloy, who needs more at bats anyway because of injury. Plus, moving Eloy up most likely gives him more RBI opportunities. Like, why aren't Yonder and Beef the gateway to Tim every night? So the only logical explanation I can think of from Rick Renteria's standpoint would be that Yonder Alonso is a pure left hitter, left-handed hitter. So, like, you got to kind of balance your lineup to an extent of, like, righty, righty, lefty, righty, righty, switch, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't just stack all these righties because that's how you get problems later in the game. That makes it super easy for a reliever to come in that dominates right-handers and shut down your fucking the heart of your order. So I really just think that that's just to kind of mix everything up. But at the same time, it's a handiness thing. It's just a matter of you got to balance out your lineup. You can't have it super top-heavy righties and then put all your lefties and switch hitters at the bottom. That's going to fuck everything up. So this is a little off-topic, but I love the fact that right now with a – uh, six-run lead. I know the bases are loaded, but with a six-run lead in the ninth, we're pulling uh, Thiago Vieira to go to Calame right now. Oh, yeah. Well, why not? Why yeah, well, the bases get loaded, you know. Like I mentioned, Thiago Vieira's wild thing, so that's how it goes. <laughs> I just watched Major League with my girlfriend, like, last week. <laughs> Great movie. Patrick, you got anything to weigh in on that? The beef yonder lineup uh, spot question. Yeah, uh, I see. I always, uh, I always picture Ricky like sitting in his office, and he's got like the old, or no, not even old. Well, it might be old school at this point, like the marker board from like when you were in high school with the teachers. And I see him, so it's magnetic, and I always see him with like the 
12 guys that he can put in the lineup, and he's just got them. He puts them in his bag. He jumbles up the bag. He grabs one, throws it at the board, throws the next one, keeps throwing it. Whatever hits that board, <laughs> that, that's what's going on in the lineup. Because, you know what, after 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 a day of you almost got hit, uh, no hit by Justin Verlander, fucking why not, I guess. It doesn't matter what order you put these guys in anyways. Yesterday, none of them could get a hit to save their life. So maybe that's your expectation explanation he thinks well rick Hine gave me this dog shit roster so i'll just do whatever the hell i want <laughs> i love it i love it the, i love the, the visualization i can actually see him doing that now that's almost like dusty baker getting his kid to make the lineups based off of his like mvp baseball lineups i don't know if you guys <laughs> ever heard about that <laughs> when i was a kid that was like the hottest commodity oh, in Chicago. that is great yeah, so, I mean, that's the answer. My only thing is, I, I, I'm with you. Uh, I forget, this is the first reply in your tweet, John. So, um, whoever asked that, I know, I, I want him to see him move down, but maybe the uh, back and forth, and then, like you said, maybe the uh, throwing the magnets at the whiteboard is the answer there. But I say let's move Tim up. That's my only comment on it. Here's my yeah, theory so- is that Ricky Renteria is a big daily fantasy player, and he wants Yonder in there for the value pick. Yeah, he's on DraftKings with it. Yep. Ooh. But um, yeah, right. Um, yeah. So to give the proper shout out, that's gonna be Eloy's red gloves. Adam Mc, Adam McDaniel's one that had asked that question. That's actually uh, I don't know if it's a kid or a guy. I honestly don't know how old he is. But that was the guy that I played in uh, MLB the Show a couple weeks back, and he's been very interactive with us since. So we appreciate you, man. Nice. Yeah. And the other one was I think kind of a sarcastic one from NWI Steve. He says, "Is Yoan hashtag back?" Um, I think that just shows that he actually listens to the show because he knows about the whole, like, are we worried about Yoam and Kata? Yeah, he did strike out four times yesterday, but um, so, no, maybe he's not. No, I'm just kidding. I I think Yoam Moncada is fine. Are we we worried about Yoam Moncada right now, though, guys? Did you see that oh, sexy turtle. ass single? I think it was a it was like a cutter low and away. My man just fucking the his swing is so pure. I can't I can't get over how beautiful Yamankata's swing is. It's like literally a, a work is. of art. It, it's not the same exact, obviously. No one out there is ever gonna have the same swing. You know, swings are kinda like snowflakes or you know, all individual, but it's very uh, yes. Yeah, that's it took the words right out of my mouth. That's all yeah. I have. So yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with, uh, with what we've seen from him this year so far, and, um, yeah. I, Justin Havens called this over the winter on he this show. He, 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 he called hundred percent. All right. Uh, I feel like we've not given Pat enough mic time, so he's going to get all of it right now as we introduce him to Quick Hits, John. Yeah, so we're going to go ahead and we're going to break out quick hits. Um, like I said last time on Shy Sox Weekly, that was probably my favorite part of like Shy Sox Weekly ever was when we put Jake Berger on the hot seat and did quick hits with him, and he gets Dane Dunning like out of nowhere. Well, yeah, we got quick hits coming your way. So you ready for us, man? Yeah, let's shoot. All right. Quick hits with Patrick Comiskey. Who was your favorite baseball player growing up? A.J. Pruszynski. What is your favorite baseball movie of all time? Fever Pitch, and it's not even close. There we go. Hey, My Sock Summer, he's seen Fever Pitch. Uh, favorite ballpark food? Uh, the Cuban sandwich with a nice glob of mustard on top of it. Uh, Miller Lite, Bud Light, or Coors Light? Bud Light all day. Favorite Sox game that you've ever been to? Ooh. Um, That's a toughie. Wow, that is a tough one. Uh... I went to a game 
a long this probably had to be about 10 years ago i remember the Sox were down like nine runs going into the bottom of the seventh and me and my dad contemplated leaving but he's like nah you know we'll just stick around and they ended up coming back and winning i think it was like a walk-off single by aj Przinsky. awesome that's honestly i envy you that sounds like a lot of fucking fun i can't i don't have any recollection of that game but it sounds like fun uh paul canerco or frank thomas uh give me paulie uh, what do you top your hot dog with? Uh, if we're going quick, just mustard. If we're doing the whole nine yards, we'll do the entire Chicago style. Minus sport. the sport peppers. I'm not I was about to say that. sport peppers and all. You're not a sport pepper guy? Sport peppers are good. You should ah. trust. Favorite frozen pizza brand? Home run in. Uh, what's your favorite band of all time? Um, I would say that's probably... Band-wise, I'll go the Rolling Stones, but I would like to give Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers a shout-out. Uh, Mankata or Eloy? Ooh. Give me Mankata. Okay. Uh, I threw this one in there kind of as, we as we were discussing earlier, but Adam Eaton or Todd Frazier? Neither. Neither? That's an acceptable answer around here. Uh, college or blogging for ONTAP Sports? Oh. I was going to say, you probably drank more beer blogging. Oh, of course. Sports. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Ricky or Robin Ventura? God. Uh, your face there. Jesus so disgusting. Someone get a screen grab of that. Yeah, uh, I'll take Ricky, I guess. I really hated Rob Ventura. I was Lifeless. not a fan either. Yeah. And then you had kind of alluded to this earlier. You know, you said, I hope the Sox become winners again soon. What year do the Sox next make the playoffs? 2022. That's fair. I'll take that. I won't take that. I'll be fucking pissed if that's the case, but I will take that as an answer. It's going to happen. It's happening. It's happening. (laughs) We might have just extended Chai Sox Weekly by about 20 minutes while we all debate this. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm 2022 sounds pretty realistic to me. I'm still in the 20. I'm not a White Sox World Series 2020 guy, but I'm a we can make the playoffs by next year guy. God bless your optimism. Dude, it's like you fix the starting rotation. You get this offense to produce at this capacity. It's called spend money. (laughs) Literally. Literally, oh, you there? spend fucking money, you get Michael Brantley instead of this fucking this. Oh, yeah, you're talking, right you're talking field. about guys that aren't there anymore. I'm looking at the field that's still out there and what's available. And who's you look at all the guys that are already signed to extensions, basically everyone worthwhile. The next free agent class is going to be like the biggest ever. And now it's like slim pickings. So yeah, the, the, you don't just buy anything. Here's a great one. As Shy Sox Weekly kind of goes off the rails a bit. You know, I didn't really give you too much credit, John, to, on the whole Michael Brantley take thing until I just watched this series and Michael Brantley looks like a fucking baseball player. And looks everybody like if that he we was have, on our team, we would probably be above 500 or not. Can you, like, imagine, hey. can you imagine even just an outfield of Eloy, Tilson, or uh, Cordell, Garcia, and then, and then Brantley? Oh, yeah, Tony, Gar- you hated Gar- Tilson 20 minutes ago. Tilson, but he's he's – Better than you know, I don't know. Better than Ang- better, better than having Adam Engel. Better than and, Adam Engel. And 100%. Ryan Cordell. Don't. Oh, yeah. So. Um, 
requirements to meet. So, um, but yeah, I was, I was with you for the, for the record, I'm with you on the Michael Brantley thing. I always wanted him to, but, um, that's, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, obviously we're going to have a lot to debate, uh, when these shy Sykes weekly off season episodes come, but like I said, in my mind, it's just kind of slim pickings right now with just all the, uh, extensions that have already been doled out. Let's, let's yeah. move it on. Let's move it on to eye of the opponents, Johnny. And uh, and whatever else you got in the news here, and we'll uh, we'll close this one out. Yep. Uh, next game's coming up. The White Sox will close out at Houston, the fourth game of that series. Uh, they have a chance to split. So, John, your prediction is not completely, uh, you know, off the books yet. So, uh, I appreciate your optimism there. It was nice to see I that win tonight. Nice to see in two my own head a, a Kobe and a Giolito win. So, I'm, like, already super wrong on that. But if Giolito can bring it home and we split it with the Astros, I am a happy man. Yeah, so, I mean, that would be nice to see. So, anyway, finishing up with Houston there, that was the fourth game of that set. And then we will be at Minnesota. First time seeing the Twins this year at Minnesota, three-game weekend series. And then back home early next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday for the Royals. So, um, just thoughts on how we're going to do over this next stretch, guys. Patrick, let's kick it to you first. I mean, I think think we're looking at, like, a... uh... I mean, it's you get you get the tough games, you get the easy ones, but I think we're looking at what are the Sox? They're a slightly below 500 team, and uh, I think they might surprise you. I think you know you've seen them; they played well tonight. They're starting to play a little bit, but a little bit better baseball. So I think they're going to play slightly above that 500 mark. Huh. Oh, yeah, I'm going to take it from there. I would say I don't know what games you're trying to get us. I think you said the Twin Series and the Royal Series and then the remaining, the last game against the Astros. Yep. So four game against the Twins, three game against the Royals, yeah. so eight, eight total games. It's uh, three game against the Twins and then three against the Royals. The four game is next weekend, but we should okay. have another one out by then. So. Oh, yeah, so seven total games. I would say, yeah, four and three. That sounds about right. Maybe five and, five and two is extremely optimistic, but... The Royals are a very sweepable team, if I'm not mistaken. You know, they've been playing absolute dog shit baseball lately, and the Sox have been, while they haven't been hot, they have been better than the Royals. So, Twins probably going to give us some trouble. It really depends on who we have going as pitching. I don't really know who's going to end up making that start like next time around for that bullpen game that we had for the first game against the Astros. No one's really announced that. You know, is Banuelos going to be ready? Probably not. So... You might see someone get called up. You might see another bullpen game. And if the Sox keep fucking with that, then it's not looking too hot. But if the Sox actually get someone to come up and they can serve their bullpen like they should be, then the Sox would, like Kaminsky said, probably hover right around like 500, slightly above, which would be nice because the Sox started losing a lot of games recently. I wanted to record like this time last week when the Sox were doing good and get like a full-blown optimism episode out, but... Right back to shit. <laughs> since we did, since we skipped a week, the Sox already suck again. Like that's just that's so White Sox. That's so White Sox. Classic, Tony. You know what? I, I think four and three is kind of realistic, but I could I could see this swaying back to three and four. I, I don't foresee any less than three wins out of this next stretch here. Um, so I, I'm I'm gonna go with the optimistic side. Four and three. Um, you guys have pretty much covered all the bases as the whys and the what ifs. So. Uh, four and three. I am going to go slightly under that. I am going to go the three and four. I think we'll drop the final one in Houston. Uh, you are those the most bats get pessimistic going back again. guy in the world. 
Um, we'll take one at Minnesota and then uh, two of three from Kansas City. That's just my uh, my uh, sort of outlook on this. Because, you know, you say the Royals are a sweepable team, but then th- there's going to be something. Something just goes wrong or the bullpen's spent. Um, and you look at the guys that Kansas are Kansas City now, special. Get, uh, oh, <laughs> I mean, honestly, it just feels like you know something like that is well, bound you, to happen. You in saw it in I Toronto. Really, I, I really, yeah, exactly. Like, think about that, Toronto. Even if you know, granted, that's a four-game series. I would have liked to see three, at least three, and I would have been content with that. I think you know, a sweep is uh, over four games can kind of be rough, but I, uh, I mean, it, something's just going to happen like that. We definitely shouldn't have split with Toronto. Um, I was not pleased with that at all, and I definitely could see us dropping one of those Kansas City games in some way, shape, or form that will make us say that's so White Sox. So, unfortunately, I think that is the case here, and maybe a little bit reeling if uh, we get touched by the Twins a little bit. Uh, bullpen could be uh, laboring a little bit heading back home because there's no day off in between. So that's just kind of where my thinking lies on that. So Yeah, they don't have an off day until June 30th, I and mean, that's post-Kansas City. So, yeah, it's a long ways away. Moving forward, you know, we just got the eye on the opponent. Um, I do want to kind of wrap this up with something that we might try and turn into a, uh, like, common Shy Sox weekly segment. And I want to kind of, like, even make it catchy. I want to call it What's New with the Shy Sox Weekly Crew. So... I want us to wrap up each episode, which is even like if it's not not too personal, but just something going on with our life. You know, maybe like how Comiskey just graduated college. You know, maybe you got a birthday coming up. Maybe you're going out with your boys this weekend. Just kind of let our listeners know, like, what's new with the Shy Sox Weekly Crew. So Tony knows what's new with me. I am in love with the new beer. So that's what's new with Shy Sox Janda. So I'm going to let Tone take the floor here. What's new with the Shy Sox Weekly Crew, Tony? Um blogging just uh making sure that everything's running all right uh socks on taps uh not much new with me just same old uh looking forward to the white Sox getting back i got three games i think coming up in the next week um just looking forward to get back out to the ballpark so that's what's new with tone johnny what's going on on your end man uh, so I am going up to northern Wisconsin. Um, my family's lake house up there. It's not winterized. It's like a log cabin, no Wi-Fi, kind of old school uh, sort of style. You know, we uh, no water running through it in the winter. So we got to get everything up and running. We usually do that Memorial Day weekend, and that is this weekend. So I will be off of the Twitterverse and out of the blogosphere for probably – you know, tomorrow's Thursday through Sunday at the least. Um, hopefully I'm back Monday. So uh, shortage on the gifts this weekend. Sorry, Sox Twitter. But uh, I will be back, and I'll be back at the ballpark when the White Sox are home. So that's what's new with me. Kaminsky, take it away. Yeah, so I actually, I have, like you said, I just graduated college, so I have quite a bit going on. Just had a uh, college graduation party this past weekend. Uh, shout out Johnny for coming down. We had a from what I remember, we had quite a bit of fun. Uh, one of the last things I remember from that party was throwing up in a urinal. So it was a successful night. Uh, moving forward into this weekend, um, I have a wedding to go to up in Michigan. That is my girlfriend is one of the bridesmaids. And I, I don't know anyone in this wedding, really. So I'm oh, sure it's going to be a lot of fun for me. Is this the bridal um, party? Yeah. Hang on, time out. Is this the bridal party that they didn't have alcohol at? This is that the a thing? There, that's a thing? This is the one. That's See, that's what I said. But, so we all said. <laughs> yeah. There will oh be goodness. booze at the wedding. Thank the good Lord. O- open um, bar or what? 
I'm not too sure about that, but honestly, even if I have to pay, I don't care. I will pay $20 for a beer. It don't matter. Um, so, yeah, we'll be doing that. Um, and then I will be down uh, down at the Sox game this coming Monday. So we got a lot going on. We're having a lot of fun. Yeah, busy week for uh, Comiskey. So I'm going to go ahead and bring it home. Um, I don't have too much planned. My little brother just graduated from eighth grade tonight. So probably go out to dinner or something with the family at some point this weekend. Um, but other than that, I am in love with the new beer, guys. It's not a new beer. It's been around since I think it says like 2007. It's been around for about the greater the greater end of the last decade. But I... Uh, I might not be a Modelo guy anymore, guys. I have discovered Three Floyd's Gumball Head. I didn't discover it. I've actually seen this like on people's Snapchats or on Twitter for a while. But the gas station that I always stop at after work, literally like right up the street from my house that I always just grab my Modelo's from, the clerk was like, hey, we got these new uh, Gumball Heads. Why don't you try one? And I was like, yeah, it looks pretty nifty. A little wheat beer. You know, I'm not – I'm honestly – I'm not the most knowledgeable guy when it comes to IPAs. You know, I'm only 22. I turned 23. That's something that's also coming up probably after the next time we record it. My birthday is June 9th, so I turned 23 in like two weeks. But I haven't gone like too far. I haven't dabbled too much into like the craft beer realm, and I haven't gone too far. I'm still in like that college age phase where I just drink fucking like shit like Bush Light, Bud Light. You know, I shotgun whatever I can find, and I just crank Modelo's for, like, a casual sipping beer. And I don't know. I I am a huge Blue Moon fan, so if I had to kind of give this a little bit of a comp, I would say that this is, like, kind of a Blue Moon, but instead of, like, the orangish taste, you get a little bit of, like, a lemony hint. And if you have not tried uh, one of these Three Floyds gumball heads, which I'm sure Tony can contest to, you have to go out and try one of these. These things I bought like four six packs in the last week. I'm a total alcoholic degenerate when it comes to these things. These things are fucking candy. So, cheers to that. Look out for some Shy Sox weekly content. Look out for some on tap sports now articles, and most importantly, go White Sox. Let's go Sox. Let's go White Sox. Go White Sox. <laughs>